I'm John Moe. This week on Witch, we're joined by the always funny, sometimes outrageous comedian Margaret Cho. She and I got along great. In fact, we ended up getting married. I have swallowed your ring. I am filled with pride at you swallowing my ring. I am also filled with rings because I have swallowed your ring as well as the requisite 237 other rings. It's a complicated ceremony. We also get some surprising information on birds. Birds can fly, but not penguins or ostriches. That's why ostriches went extinct. They couldn't fly. So they hid their heads in the ground and were eaten by moles and rabbits from the head up. And music from Josh Ritter. I've got a new loving now. I know that she's not mine. I only want to hold her. I don't need to read her mind. And she only looks like you when she's in a certain light. It's all on Wits, and it's coming right up. From APM, American Public Media and Minnesota Public Radio, this is Wits. I'm John Moe. I am a basketball fan. I don't watch many games, though. I find them boring. For me, the real action is the lead-up to one night in June, the NBA draft. It is my sports highlight of the year. Every team in the league gets to choose two new players on that night, and all those athletes' dreams come true for one night. For one night, they believe that they will be NBA stars. The teams believe they're going to win more games. Everybody believes they found a path to a better future. My favorite team to follow is the Atlanta Hawks. I love their drafting strategy. Here's here's what they do. 2007, better athletes are still available when the Hawks pick, but they go with a guy named Arthur Kennedy out of Princeton. Good player, great poet. He contributes off the bench for the Hawks. He scores some points, but his real contribution is in the locker room where he helps his teammates appreciate literature and human possibility and beauty itself. That season, the Hawks lose more games than ever, but they are a happy team. (laughs) The next year, again, the Hawks try to get better, but in a broader sense, they decide that only by escaping the construct of basketball and eschewing the hegemonic patriarchy of male sports can they truly improve in a significant way. So the team drafts top female scientists from graduate programs all over the world. (laughs) The Hawks frequently interrupt their own games for in-depth lectures called Hawk Talks. (laughs) At the practice facility, the basketball court is removed and replaced by prototypes of energy-efficient living pods meant to replace traditional housing and made of reinforced glass. Shooting guard Jamal Crawford, freed of having to spend his time shooting baskets, develops an engine that runs on water and sand. In 2009, the Hawks draft guard Jeff Teague out of Wake Forest after a warning from the NBA to focus on basketball. They immediately enroll him in an astronaut training program and he has never seen again. The team spends a fortune on fines due to the fact that players forget to wear their uniforms or even show up because they're so caught up in dreams of a better world. In the 2010 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select a meadow. No explanation is offered. Several games end early when players cut open all the basketballs and then just say, see, air, think about it. 
and still the team tries to get better. 2011, they draft a particle accelerator, 80% of the world's helium, and center Keith Benson, who transforms on draft night into a beam of pure energy. (laughs) The Hawks' general manager says, we have achieved an ideal team of ideal beings. Now we move on to perfect the world. No one has heard much from the Atlanta Hawks in the last few years. Another team, say the Boston Celtics, will show up to play a game and there will just be wind and lightning and a weeping owl and the Celtics will feel a sudden fondness for the ocean and have a profound sense of (laughs) well-being. At the end of a season, the NBA now brings in philosophers and theologians to determine how many games the Hawks won. (laughs) So, where I'm coming from as a fan is, uh, go Hawks. We got a great show. He's a singer, songwriter, author, Idaho native, and a novelist. Good friend of our show, Josh Ritter, is here. And she's a hugely popular comedian. She's an actress who appears on Drop Dead Diva. She was in Face Off with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. She is an activist on behalf of LGBT issues and a dang fine singer, too. Margaret Cho is here. And now, the bride and groom will read the vows that they have written. Self-written vows? Oh, kill me now. Hey, this is all your fault, sweetie. You made me come to see your boring friends get married. I work with Steve. I barely know him. Samantha, please begin. Stephen, you are my guiding star, my rock, my forever companion. When you are lonely, if you ever get lonely, I will hold your hand. I will always be there to comfort you. When you are old and gray, I will still be there to hold your hand and to light a fire to warm you. Oh, my God. I think a Hallmark card threw up in here. (laughs) Because life isn't just filled with sunny days and warm nights. But if it storms, I will shelter you. And if you want a storm, I will create one from you. I will be your storm, I will be your car, I will be the bird in the box. I will never put the bird in the box. The bird doesn't belong in the box. Do Do not not place place the the bird bird in in the the box. box. (laughs) Janine, I I don't know what this is. Let's listen. Fire will define us, ice will define us. The demigod shall heap his wheat upon us. We We are are the the harbingers, let the grasshoppers speak as one. Bring the beast pellet, announce the return. Oh my God, where are all these bats coming from? They seem to know what to do. I think the bats were choreographed. Ring the delusion bell and prepare the black rug of Angela. Oh God, snakes, snakes on the ceiling. This is the greatest wedding I've ever been to in my life. And I promise to always make lasagna for your birthday because you love lasagna, but not as much as you love the culling tool of the nether beings. 
With me as your champion, the nether beings will bow to you. And when we merge with them at glooming tide, I promise to shave the unshavable. I promise to relinquish all cataclysms at the bread widening, and I promise to keep your sisters in the loop on your Christmas presents. You better be serious about that last one. (laughs) (laughs) And do you both have the rings? We We have have the the rings, rings. we We are are the rings, rings. we We fight fight the rings. rings. Exchange the rings. I have swallowed your ring. I am filled with pride at you swallowing my ring. I am also filled with rings because I have swallowed your ring as well as the requisite 237 other rings. We We have have the the rings, rings. we We ate the the rings, rings. we We defeated defeated the rings. rings. Now let the shrieking of the cat persons commence. Let us initiate the writhing. The writhing begins now. The writhing. The writhing. The writhing. What in the world is this? I think it might be the writhing. We need to reconsider our atheist lifestyle, Doug. I've been missing out spiritually on my spiritual church. Having. I now pronounce you soul warriors. <laughs> Attack. Josh Ritter as the priest, Janie Winterbauer as Janine, Mike Fotis as Doug, Margaret Cho as the bride, me as the groom. Margaret Cho is one of the top stand-up comedians in the country, an actress of TV and film, the author of two books, I'm the One That I Want, and I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight. She's the co-host of the podcast Monsters of Talk and an activist for LGBT causes. Margaret Cho, welcome to Wits. Thank you so much. Now, you have a lot of fans. You have a lot of fans uh, in the audience uh, with us this week. But it seems to me, in in watching your career, you have a a hardcore group of loyalists. You have some really devoted fans. Who are they? Uh, I would call them Adam and Steve. (laughs) I am proud to be a member of the gay community, and I feel like I want to be a voice for the gay community. I'm um, bisexual, so I'm the B in the LGBT. Um, B's often silent. (laughs) So... What do you feel with with, uh, with that group? What do you feel like you need to give them in terms of uh, in terms of your career? I think for me, I just want to give people a sense of uh, belonging and a sense of like we can all laugh at these jokes and not feel victimized. For a lot of times, like I always love going to comedy clubs, but then being an Asian American woman, feminist, political progressive, gay, I always felt like every time I went to a comedy club, I was in danger, and so. <laughs> I thought, well, I would like to go out and maybe try to do jokes that I would laugh at. So my first joke I did at a comedy club was, my name is Margaret Cho, and I drive very well. Now, um, we talked about you being in comedy for a long time. I read that you uh, got a lot of inspiration, a lot of guidance from Jerry Seinfeld. Well, I lied my way into this comedy competition because I dropped out of school. That's the way to do it. Well, you you really, you you know, I guess you have to put it in context. I am a Korean-American who flunked high school. (laughs) Think about how stunning of a statement that is. Okay, so I was 
I was not in school, and I was 16 years old, and I lied my way into a college comedy competition, and I was uh, one of the finalists in America's Funniest College Student, West Coast. And the, the prize was to open for Jerry Seinfeld, and so I went to open for him, and he said, uh, you know, you should just quit school and just do comedy full time. And so I was very convenient because I wasn't in school. <laughs> and he was pretty, he was pretty successful comedian by then too. He was very successful. He just started. Um, he was doing the Seinfeld Diaries. That's how long ago it was. And what he were still, the Seinfeld Diaries? It was the show that preceded Seinfeld. And it, it, was, um, it was very, it, it was just very, very beginning, and he was doing stand-up all over, and um, he still comes to see me, and uh, he calls my comedy, um, your uh, beautiful, intricate, handmade jewelry. <laughs> so he's a big... It's not a bad description. He's a big supporter. It's really wonderful. Um, let's talk about your mom. Uh, <laughs> now, I have, uh, I've been watching your comedy for a very, very long time, and you've always talked about your mom, and you've always imitated your mom. Why has your mom been such an enduring part of your work? Well, I think my mother is really the voice of my Asianness, and for that, you know, I, I think that a lot of times when you're a minority, you have to kind of explain your existence. You know, like if there's like a crime show or something, and they have an Asian person on, it's because there's trouble in Chinatown. <laughs> Does the whole arrangement of are you laughing at her or laughing with her, does that apply in this situation? Well, I think part of it is that in women in my situation, well, women in my family generally tend to become invisible as they get older. And I think that's really hard. So for me to talk about her, it really pushes her back in the spotlight. Mm. And she remains a constant force in my life and everybody else's. And that's a really great thing for her. Um, and I, so I think it's great. She thinks it's a very accurate impression. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like it's laughing at her. I feel like it's laughing with her because she's so in on the joke. Yeah. But it's also a part of the American experience. When you're um, from an immigrant family, you want to find a way to differentiate yourselves from the older generation. You want to find a way to really truly be American. And part of that is making fun of them. Right. <laughs> right. It's separating yourself from your parents. It's, yeah. yeah. Creating the distance that ridicule <laughs> provides. Right. Well, we love having fun with you. Margaret Cho, everybody. Thank you. Our musical guest this week is a singer-songwriter who has released seven albums in a career dating back to 1999. His latest album is The Beast in its tracks. Here's our old friend Josh Ritter. For me, the cups of who cares? I go up in the night sky, up in the clouds, fly over the houses, looking down. Joy to the city, joy to the streets, joy to your baby, wherever you sleep. Tonight, 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 tonight
graveyard That's not where they live They float in between us What is and what is And cast our own shadows Before our own eyes You don't get them up here though They don't come up high Join the city The parking lot lights The lion of evening with the rain in its eyes Joy to the freeway Joy to the cars Joy to your baby Wherever you are tonight Tonight, tonight Tonight, tonight Never admit you You couldn't have gone But then I wouldn't have met you We couldn't have been I guess it all adds up Joy in the end Joy to the city The heat wave and all To the lion of evening With the storm in its paw Joy to the many, joy to the few, joy to you, baby, joy to me too, tonight, 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 tonight. Josh Ritter with John Munson and the Witnesses. Amazing name. Wits is proud to be part of the Infinite Guest Podcast Network. That's where I also host a sports podcast called Home Dunk. This week I talked with an upcoming Wits guest, singer-songwriter B. Beeman. B. Beeman, you're on your way up to to Minnesota. Maybe you'll have a chance to get caught up on on Minnesota sports while you're here, too. Yeah, I've heard... uh of a great Division One team up there, coached by Craig T. Nelson, Luther, and Dauber from Coach. Yes, yes. Steve, Christine, Dauber. Um, hopefully you guys have a great season this year. 
You can find that at infiniteguest.org. And you can find information on how to get tickets to Wits on Friday, November 21st, featuring B. Beeman and the hilarious comedian and actor Keegan-Michael Key. Go to witsradio.org. Wits is supported by Delta Airlines, whose long-haul fleet has flatbed seats available with direct aisle access. Learn more at delta.com. Delta, keep climbing. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with singer-songwriter Josh Ritter and comedian Margaret Cho. Hi, kids. Welcome to the aquarium. You must be Mrs. Henderson's fourth grade class. I'm Emmeline, and this is Marcus. And Marcus is feeling throw-uppy today. Hi, kids. It's Marcus's job to tell you about penguins. I don't have a job right now because of the economy, but Marcus is my best friend and couldn't call out sick one more time or he'd get fired, so I'm here to help him tell you about penguins. And hey, if I do well, maybe they'll hire me. So if you like what you hear, who do they tell, Marcus? Kids, please don't tell anybody that we're doing this. Penguins, kids, penguins are in black and white. It's called natural coloring, even though technically black and white aren't colors. Yes, they are. One is the absence of color, and one is every color. That's why it's dark at night. The sun has spent the day spraying every color into the sky, and the sky gives up and gets dark. That's not true. Penguins were discovered in 1918 by American explorers to Antarctica. No. Penguins are amphibians. Birds. Birds are a type of amphibian. Birds are birds. Penguins can go underwater, but also on the land. Yes, correct. Birds can't do that. Fish can't. You know what can? Humans. Amphibians. Many species can. Birds can fly, but not penguins. Or ostriches. That's why ostriches went extinct. They couldn't fly. So they hid their heads in the ground and were eaten by moles and rabbits from the head up. Ostriches aren't extinct. Penguins speak Spanish. No, they don't. Ha, caught me. Of course they don't speak. They're amphibians. Birds. They understand Spanish. If you speak it to them, who here knows Spanish? Okay, I'll go. Siéntate. That means sit. And look, that penguin sat down. (laughs) Penguins eat fish. Yes. And squid. Yes. They drink clouds. No. (laughs) 
The movies, The Penguins of Madagascar and Happy Feet are about penguins. Yes. Those movies were made by penguins. No. The penguin is the only species besides man to master the art of cinema. Incorrect. Many of your favorite filmmakers are penguins. None of them are. Thanks to human paranoia in the 50s, Hollywood blacklisted many of the most successful penguins filmmakers of the day. You know what, uh, Emmeline, you'd better go. I, I can finish this. You look like you're going to throw up. Yeah, I might, but if I can instill in one child a respect for this great bird. Amphibian. Okay, um, it, it's not dark at night because the sun fills the sky with all the colors. That's a theory. Antarctica is called Antarctica and not Amparctica. Tomato, tomato. That's not the expression. Penguins were discovered in 1498 by Vasco da Gama. He'd have frozen to death. Some penguins exist in warm climates. They'd melt. Birds don't melt. Penguins don't understand Spanish. If you tell them to sit in Spanish... Siéntate. If you tell... If you tell them to siéntate, they will not do it. And if they do, it's coincidence. Try it. No. Just humor me. Uh, siéntate. Siéntate. Todos los... Amphibios. Amphibios. Siéntate. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. They're sitting. All of them. Todos los amphibios están sentados. How is this happening? Marcus, we're best friends, but I haven't told you I'm half penguin. No, you're not. I mean half Spanish. We Spanish know the secrets of the penguins. Everything makes sense now. Emmeline? Yes? Is Wes Anderson a penguin? Of course he is. Of course he is. (laughs) Margaret Cho as Emmeline, me as Marcus. Here with more music is Josh Ritter. That all is well It's like I'm haunted by a ghost There are times I cannot speak your name For the catching in my throat There are things I will not sing For the sting of sour notes I feel like a miser I feel low and mean For accusing you of stealing What I offered you for free Still it beggars the belief Sometimes what these we lovers be Like a lover ought to do But whoever makes you happy It don't really matter who I've got a new lover now I hope you got a lover too That still grows on the absent heart and feels Praise be to his pain these days 
looks like you when she's in a certain light. I got a new lover now. She knows just what I need when I wake up in the night. She can read me back my dreams and she loves them though she never needs to tell me what they mean. I hope you've got a lover now. Hope you've got somebody who can give you what you need like I couldn't seem to do but if you're sad and you are lonesome you ain't got nobody true I'd be lying if I said that didn't make me happy too I'd be lying if I said that didn't make me happy too Josh Ritter with Great John Munson and the Witnesses. Thank you. Josh Ritter, welcome back to Wits. Thank you for having me here. It's awesome. This now, you were, on, uh, you were on a couple years ago, and in the time since then, you have a, a new album out, and uh, The Beast and Its Tracks. What's that album about? Yeah, it's, about uh, it's about the benefits of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> oh? <laughs> Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, you put the, the divorce is this thing, you know, I got a divorce and you, you get a divorce and, 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 and it's, a, and it's a her, like a terrible time. We focus on that terrible time, which is, which is bad, but it's, you're just passing through a door. It's a big, horrible, awful, large, kind of wide, uh, spiky door <laughs> with these things that come down and, you're, and you return to like sackcloth and ashes and, and you're living in the wilderness with skins and caves and stuff. But at the end of that, like, you know, it, things turn out pretty good, you know? So, so the album isn't about uh, being desolate and starving and dying of plague in a forest. I felt like that had been done, okay. you know? <laughs> I felt like, I you say, know. It's, it doesn't seem like a sad record, really. It's like, well, you know, like, there's so many good things that, that come out of, of surviving a bad time, and it's, it's easy, I think, to not survive a bad time, and people get lost all the time, you know, by the wayside. But, but, but if you can make it through, and, and that doesn't mean you have to have, like, perseverance, it just means you have to keep on getting up in the morning, then all kinds of great stuff happen. And, uh, you know, to have gone through it was, was, was a good thing, you know? So how do you get up in the morning, though? Um... Well, the great thing, one of the things is, like, your, your mornings change, you know, that you don't necessarily get up as early, you know? <laughs> you know? 
I read that you read a lot of Macbeth during the time that you were yeah. making this record. Yeah. Why? It was, it, it suited the mood, you know? I felt like, I was like. Did your ex-wife prompt you to kill people? No. <laughs> I think the great thing about Macbeth is that it's funny and it's dark and like and, and the thing about it that I loved was that there was so much stuff about not being able to sleep and at the time I wasn't really sleeping very much and I thought like wow this is just about somebody going crazy from lack of sleep and it was beautiful and, and the potions and the spells and you know it was Shakespeare wrote it for King James who was way into black magic and, and so he put all this crazy black magic stuff in there and I liked the idea of like kind of spectral vengeance you know it was kind of fun to, at the time it was like very appealing yeah <laughs> Josh Ritter, everybody. <laughs> I come from down in the valley where Mr. Bring you up to do Like your daddy done Me and Mary We met in high school And she was just 17 And we'd ride out the valley Down to where the fields were green We'd go down to the river Into the river I got Mary pregnant And man, that was all she wrote and For my 19th birthday I got a union card and a wedding coat I went down to the courthouse And the judge laid it all to rest No wedding day smiles No walk down the aisles No flowers, no wedding at night we went down to the river And into the river we'd dive On down to the river we'd ride oh, oh, Got a job and I was working construction down at the Johnstown Company. But lately there ain't been too much work on account of the economy. And all those things that seemed so important once they just drifted right into the air. And now I act like I don't remember. And Mary acts like she don't care but I remember us riding in my brother's car Her body tan and wet down at the reservoir Down on those banks we would lie awake I'd hold her close just to feel each breath she takes Those memories come back to haunt me They haunt me like 
Is a dream a lie if it don't come true? Or is it something worse? Brings us down to the river Though we know that the river is dry Oh, down to the river tonight Head down to the river My baby and I Down to the river tonight Oh Josh Ritter and comedian Margaret Cho in just a moment. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. Wits is supported by Delta Airlines, whose new Delta Studio provides all kinds of streaming entertainment in the sky. Movies, shows, even live TV, all on your personal devices. Learn more at Delta.com. Delta, keep climbing. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with comedian Margaret Cho and singer-songwriter Josh Ritter. And now the Wits game show, this week's game, lesser-known moments in history. Margaret Cho is a person with George Washington tattooed on one knee and Abraham Lincoln on the other. You are an expert historian. We will give you a moment in history. You give us a little backstory on the event. Flesh it out a little. Okay. Josh Ritter we happen to know that in college you created your own major called American History through narrative folk music. So naturally, we'll be asking you to sing a few verses from a song that celebrates the historical moment. Both contestants will have the option to declare, turn the tables. Now, the way that works is before the start of a round, either contestant can yell, John, I'd like to turn the tables. And at this point, the roles are switched. Margaret will have to provide the song from the era. She is free to use any instruments or band members she happens to find on the stage. Josh gives us the backstory. I will declare a winner after each round. My decisions, as always, will be unfair and capricious. Ready? Too bad. Here we go. 
We've heard about a mutual dislike between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Margaret Cho, what was at the heart of that dislike? I think it had something to do with Mary Todd's Ouija board because they were trying to contact Lincoln's dead son and Mary Todd was depressed and Dolly Madison kept coming over and it was the real housewives of the White House. And it was all really unpleasant. And you know how these first ladies can be. They had a garden, they were fighting and they were trying to consult the Ouija board for help and there was just no help whatsoever. And that spilled over into, uh, into Adam's... Into civil war. Okay. <laughs> Josh Ritter, uh, I, I know you have a song up your sleeve that tells uh, a story of this. I, 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 I've, heard, I've heard Margaret's uh, theories many times. Um, the, uh, the actual fact is that we have scraps of song from the 1820s, which don't go back as far as we need them to, but provide a hint... <laughs> John Adams hated all Italians <laughs> Tommaso Jefferson was one That's all we have Wow I think I have to give that to Josh Ritter That was strong Moving on to the next round Margaret Cho, tell us about the rise to power of terrible, wonderful Brad. Turn the tables. She's turning the tables, everybody. Brad was bad in a lot of ways, but he had a terrible fall. Brad didn't mean it. But he really meant it all Brad will say sorry He'll revise the truth somehow Brad is a liar But I will forgive him now Brad, I'm not sorry Brad Brad, I'm gonna win this round if it's the last thing that I do. Okay, pretty strong, pretty strong. I, uh, I like your singing. I, I like your expressed desire to win the round. The rest of it was largely meaningless, but let's see how you do. When Josh Ritter tells us about the rise to power of the terrible, wonderful Brad. Tell us, Josh. Its original Welsh was almost incomprehensible. No uh, vowels at all, as I recall. There was, there was lots of L's and W's. And, and, like, and, and uh, for he was Welsh, terrible, wonderful Brad, comes down to us. Um, that's the name that uh, Longfellow gave him. But uh, <laughs> going way back to when uh, just after the Romans had left uh, the British Isles, and, and the Britons and the Pikes were scattered across the islands and mostly throwing rocks at each other. There arose a man named Uther Pendragon, and he united the tribes, several of them and some other ones, and, uh, and, and built a round table and then See, had a Several son. of them and some other ones? Some other guys. There was other people there. They were looking. All they right. were looking from the side. Sure. And, and he had two sons. Of course, the, the one that goes down mostly in legend as Arthur. 
uh, and, and which I think Margaret mentioned briefly in her song, although. And then uh, his other son, <laughs> terrible, wonderful Brad, who wasn't actually, we don't think, all that bad. There's many uh, instances of him giving mercy uh, to some of the folks. I'm calling but, this round a tie. Both sides get a point. This is to decide it all. Uh, Margaret Cho, tell us about George Washington's problem with squirrels. Well, George Washington had a problem with squirrels because they kept trying to bore into his teeth and work their way down his throat. And the problem with most of America's founding fathers is that they didn't have a gag reflex. So they were trying to burrow down you know, and he could not tell a lie. So it just, it just was a bit, it was bad. That sounds bad. Yeah. Gosh, vivid. Josh Ritter, give us a song about Washington's problem with squirrels. Squirrels infested George Washington's mouth. At Valley Forge, he couldn't get the words out. So Paul Revere made him a new silver tooth. Now werewolves all stay away from him, too. The winner of the Wits Game Show is Josh Ritter, ladies and gentlemen. Well earned. Well, Margaret, I'm just so happy that you're on the show this week. And actually, we've been, it's funny, we've been seeing a lot of each other lately. Yeah, it's true. We just got done shooting that pilot. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell people about that project? Sure. Well, you know the TV show Cop Squadron? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah big, big hit. hit. Yeah, and so it. this is a spinoff called Police Detective Early Career Michael Stipe. <laughs> Such a cool idea. Well, it, it is. Let's, uh, we have a clip. Let's go ahead and roll it. What's the damage here, officer? We got a blown bank vault, 500 grand missing, three guards knocked out, and no leads. We're stumped. Looks like it's time to bring in detective early career Michael Stipe. Ah, chief, do we gotta? He spends all his time reading Flannery O'Connor stories and writing poetry in his old spiral notebook. He's also the best damn cop we got. Three, four. Early career, Michael Stipe. Solving crimes of a criminal type. You can't understand what he says. But snuggle a mama to hurry spells. Well, Stipe, do your thing. Okay, I see you removing your anachronistic wide-brim hat there, shaking your shoulder-length curly hair. Is there a clue you see? Casella Growl and Bezgler. Oh, what are you talking about, Stipe? Those are just some old cassette tapes. You got rumors on something. Chief, every time we call in early career Michael Stipe, he ends up putting the blame on a different mid-80s college rock band. We've arrested Depeche Mode, Level 42, Echo and the Bunnymen, and Style Council. <laughs> what if Stipe is pulling off these heists himself to eliminate musical rivals? It... It was so obvious, of course. Jimothy, arrest early career Michael Stipe. Have fun mumbling your lyrics in a little nightclub called Jail. Which isn't a nightclub, but it's Jail. Bumblesy. What's that? Bumblesy. It's a pumpkin seed, Chief. And it's flattened, like it's been 
Smashed. Bump and see mashy pumpkins new guitar for Gorgon. Of course. The Smashing Pumpkins blew the safe and used the money for new guitars for Billy Corgan. Officers, bring in Corgan pronto. Way ahead of you, Chief. Here he is. And look, he's got a new guitar, too. How convenient. But I'm early 90s Billy Corgan. Look, I got hair. I bought this guitar with all the money for my big-time record contracts. I don't need to rob no banks. No, no, you did it. Take him away. What? Scable marks on a bumpusy. I just don't understand why you can't enunciate. <laughs> I know you're shy and artistic, but come on. Skateboard marks. I see them too, Stipey. Someone dropped a pumpkin seed and then got away on a skateboard. And if you have a bunch of cassettes, that could only mean... Stephen Malthus on pavement. Pull off the chief's mud. Uh, what do you mean, pull off the chief's mud? Uh, the mud. I don't know. The mud of the hair. A mask? Hold it right there. Whoa, whoa, she's got a gun. I mean, obviously, because she's a cop, but it's pointed at us in a threatening manner. I'll take the mask off myself. You're right. It's me, Stephen Malkmus. See, some of us never got the commercial success of R.E.M. or Smashing Pumpkins. Ever try to buy a car with positive reviews and spin? Doesn't work. But now, I got the money. And I'll get away, too, because... Whoa! Stipe-clonked Malkmus with a Walkman! Just another day where I really got I'm wondering where Malkmus went. Selling mammoths hit a pavement. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, early career, Michael Stipe. <laughs> early career, Michael Stipe. Solving crimes of a criminal type. You can't understand what he says. Cop Squadron. <laughs> Margaret Cho as ultimately Stephen Malkmus. Mike Fotis as Jimothy, Josh Ritter as Billy Corgan, me as early career Michael Stipe. And now the Wits Lightning Round, fast questions, quick answers. Margaret Cho, what's your favorite word to say while imitating your mother? Um, um, uh, oh. <laughs> Josh Ritter, first song you learned to play? Like a prayer. <laughs> Margaret, your first favorite comedian? Paula Poundstone. Josh, would you ever want a pet monkey? Yes. Yeah. Margaret, would you ever give Josh a pet monkey? Yes, I would love to. Oh, man, it's coming up. Josh, favorite member of ABBA? Uh, the blonde one. Agnetha. <laughs> Agnetha. Mar Margaret, more challenging role, Kim Jong-il on 30 Rock or Mrs. Watana on the cartoon Pound Puppies? Ooh, I think Kim Jong-un was the hardest. Nice. Margaret, what's the best quality a friend could have? Uh, joy. Josh, what's the best quality a song could have? Optimism. Mega lightning round, yes or no answers only. Do you believe in the following? True love, Margaret. Yes. Josh. Yes. God, Margaret. Yes. Josh. No. Ghosts, Margaret. Yes. Josh. Yes. Space aliens, Margaret. Yes. Josh. Yes. Yeah. Vanilla ice cream is a legitimate and okay choice. Margaret. Yes. Josh? I guess so. <laughs> and that's the Wits Lightning Round. Here with more music is Josh Ritter. 
I'm just so nervous and I can't relax I can't sleep cause my bed's on fire Don't touch me, I'm a real out wild Psycho killer, Keska say
Want to hear more Wits? Go to witsradio.org. You can find this and other episodes and information about upcoming live shows. Plus, sign up for our newsletter and see what other Wits guests are up to these days. Our shows are also podcasts on iTunes. Go there, subscribe, write a review, let us know what you think about the show, or let us know on Twitter. We're at Wits. Thanks to our guests this week, singer-songwriter Josh Ritter and comedian Margaret Cho. Our technical director is Corey Schreppel, our coordinating producer Hans Buto, and our intern Sam Siegel. Thanks also to Johnny Vincevens, Rob Byers, and Fitzgerald Theater staff Tom Campbell, Mike Wongan, Aaron Cassio, Alan Freckman, and Dan Zimmerman. Wits is written by me and Ben Acker, Wendy Molyneux and Jeff Drake, and Mike Fotis. We're joined by music director John Munson and The Witnesses, Steve Rome, Joe Savage, Richard Medic, and Janie Winterbauer. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney, and our senior producer is Larissa Anderson. I'm John Moe. Bye now. <laughs>